Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and now is will be the tradition as Tuesdays, Andy's over at the golf show talking about that. As always, we bring in Matthew Rooney, and for a little extra support to talk some college football, producer Dan, who's just going to get the show started to talk a little bit about what happened last night. We wanted to get this at the top of the show. Dan's got a nice little thing put together, and we'll just kind of put this to bed and try to get back to sports betting because we know how you know traumatic last night was for a lot of people, a lot more so than any of the three of us. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we addressed it. Like it's a difficult situation. Felt kind of odd to not just like blow past it, not address it uh, this evening. But if for whatever reason you missed it uh, after making a tackle on T Higgins, Bill's defensive back DeMar Hamlin got up, took a couple of steps before collapsing to the ground. He had his heartbeat restored on the field after suffering cardiac arrest uh, during the game. CPR was administered to Hamlin on the field for multiple minutes. He received oxygen, according to the ESPN broadcast, as he was placed in the ambulance and taken off the field 16 minutes after he collapsed. He was then driven to the nearby University of Cincinnati Medical Center. According to the Bills, he is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. The University of Cincinnati Medical Center did not anticipate making any statement early Tuesday morning. We have not heard anything uh, to that effect yet this morning. Hamlin is a Pittsburgh native, grew up right outside the city, same uh, high school as Dan Marino. Like Dan Marino, played his high school ball at Pitt, uh, where he was a standout there. He wanted to be close to his family. Giving back to his community has been very important to him. And the only like positive thing of a really crappy situation, uh, people found the GoFundMe for his toy drive that he does for the kids in the local area. And as of you know, a couple of minutes ago, it was up to nearly $4 million in donations. Wow. So, you know, just the best of humanity kind of showing what we can do to come together in the light of, you know, whether or not, you know, the whether the prognosis are good or not, it's still a, tr- a traumatic event, if nothing else. So our best wishes go out to him and to his family. We're hoping for the best. We're pulling for him. And there's no easy way to segue to it, but we are a sports betting show, and we like to try to be entertaining and fun and have some fun. And I know a lot of people could use that at a time like this. And, you know, while something super traumatic was going on in the NFL last night, the NBA was having a fairly insane night. Yeah. Uh, if you were not aware of that. We had a 71-point night from uh, Donovan Mitchell. We had uh, Clay Thompson scored 54, and Noops' guy Joel Embiid scored 42 points on a night when he wasn't—he was almost 30 points off the the uh, high-scoring mark in the NBA last night. But most importantly, Noops in the Mavericks-Rockets game, the under never in doubt, and the Rockets were the right side from pillar to post. We always like to see a pillar to post. I love a rugby reference from you. That's really fantastic. But yeah, it's hard to say that at a night where you got a player score 40 points and 54 points, neither one's really worth talking about. Again, the yeah. first Clay Thompson game in a while, because Donovan Mitchell not only scores 71 points, 55 in the second half, scored or assisted on 99 points. That is the second highest number of all time, just behind Wilt Chamberlain, who got 104 in the game where he scored 100 points. So yes, it's just absolutely unbelievable night in the NBA. It was nice to get some wins, um, even made a little ad for the afternoon game for the Knicks. That worked out pretty well. So let's jump into today's slate. Just three games. Again, we're back here on a Tuesday. Not a lot of NBA action. Um, a couple games. Waiting to hear what Bradley Beal's status is here for the Wizards-Bucks game. I have an eye on the Wizards. The Bucks really been struggling. The Wizards playing great basketball, especially with Beal. I think they need that little bit of extra offense tonight against Milwaukee. So we'll keep a close eye on that game. We'll definitely be taking the Wizards if Beal is in. The third game, the late game, the Sacramento Kings – 
face the Utah Jazz. Kind of scratching my head here at the Sacramento Kings as underdogs, but happy to leave those two teams alone. One bet I do like, we'll continue to play stinky underdogs at home. The Oklahoma City Thunder catching nine points tonight, hosting the Boston Celtics. The Celtics mired in a little bit of a long road trip here. Um, They've been playing pretty good basketball, but this is just a huge, huge number. This Thunder team, again, seems to get blown out on the road, keeps these games close, has even won a handful of these at home. Had this number myself, honestly, closer to six. So anything eight or higher looks pretty good to me tonight. Uh, Could possibly be a look-ahead spot as well for the Celtics, who have to go to Dallas, not tomorrow night. But Thursday night, I believe that's probably one of the TNT game. Oh, no, there's that might be TNT game on Thursday. Who knows? I don't think there's football. Should be, right? Because there's no Thursday night football. Yeah, exactly. We'll hope and keep our fingers crossed that uh, we get to see Kenny, Shaq, Charles, and Ernie and the boys. So um, for now, Thunder plus nine. Really like that. And um, I'll keep an eye out on Bradley Beal's status. If he is in, I will be taking the Washington Wizards. So just the Thunder for now. We do. TNT Thursday. TNT Thursday back. We get Boston and Dallas at 7.30 and then the Clippers and the Nuggets at 10 p.m. on Thursday night on TNT. So NFL clears out and they're and they we get the boys back, as you mentioned. I should put the frames up. Um, <laughs> Thunder, the Thunder are a team that feels like they've been tanking for four years now. But even though they're tanking, they always seem to play hard and it seems just like a giant pain. In the they're ass. always better than they should be like for for tanking. It feels like they're like you said, that's a good way of putting it. Dan. they're always a pain in the ass to play play against no matter how bad their roster might be. It's annoying. It's a great home court advantage. You yeah, know that, that people too. in Oklahoma City don't really have another sports team. I mean, you know, you've got Oklahoma football and whatnot, but that's their team, and that crowd is great. I mean, it has kind of a Memphis feel to it, where that's the whole city's team, and they come in and keep that place rocking. And it is; it's a fun young team. I, you know, I wish they hadn't used the second pick of the draft um, on the big guy from Gonzaga. I think they probably could have used somebody else. But I mean, even then, they've got a lot of talent. You know, Giddy's look really good. Lou Dort continues to be good. Both Jalen. Williams, which as much as it annoys me that there are two Jalen Williams on the same team, <laughs> uh, have been playing really well. So it's fun. I think, again, the Thunder will be able to pressure the Celtics team that, again, has struggled to cover some of these big numbers. So my body has – a lot of people I know complained that the New Year's Day bowl games weren't on New Year's Day because of the NFL. My, and it was weird that they were yesterday. But my body's been conditioned to college football on during the week during the weekdays for a couple weeks now what my body was not conditioned to was the winter classic being on during completely the completely forgotten for me. and i'm and i'm and, obviously and that's a big our hockey, hockey guy, guy. and like until like there was an was update on yesterday? my timeline yeah yep. the winter classic between boston and pittsburgh was yesterday no idea it was going on uh until some updates on the game hit my timeline and i was like ooh, that's weird and i saw they're gonna do one in seattle they're gonna do seattle and vegas at the mariner stadium which is pretty cool and I'm sure there'll be some in Canada because they do some in Canada every year. But nevertheless, that was a thing that happened, which is a way to just segue us into hockey. Uh, Matt, you're fading your you're fading your squad, which have to. I mean, oh yeah, you, you kind of have to, right? Tank hard for Bedard. If it, I don't know if any of you have watched any of the World Juniors, but there was a a goal last night that he scored to end the game in overtime against Slovakia. If you get a chance, go go look that up on Twitter. Yeah, watch him. He just absolutely walks the entire team of Slovakia through the zone, just decides to go one on three, does it, finishes. It's an unbelievable goal. But yeah, um, I want him to be a Chicago Blackhawk. I think there's a pretty darn good chance he's going to be one because the Blackhawks are going to end up with the most with the best odds to pick up that number one pick. We're gonna fade them. They host the lightning tonight. The uh the puck line was minus one and a half at like minus one fifty and I'm not touching that. I'm going for the alt line. Tampa's good. 
Obviously, they've won three consecutive Eastern conferences. They have lost a few pieces from there, but they're still very good. And after what was a, a middling start, they've really played better hockey as of late. They've won three in a row, but that doesn't really matter as much here because they're that much talented. That minus the two and a half is plus 136. The Hawks are scoring under 2.2 goals per game, if that's possible. They're allowing almost four. Um, and again, this is all pretty much by design, but it's 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 bad. It's supposed to be bad, and it is quite bad. Uh, probably only going to get worse. They've scored. Uh, they're averaging one goal a game in their last four. They're allowing a whole bunch. The Lightning are very good. Let's just take the Lightning here. The, the Hawks actually in their last game against the Sharks, who are another bottom feeder team, jumped out to a two nothing lead at home and then lost five to two. Um, so yeah, that, that's how the season's going there. And then a couple bets in the Capital Sabers game. We're gonna take over six and a half. The Sabers have been a wildly volatile team. They started out really hot. Then they went through a big swoon where they were still scoring a ton of goals. And now they're starting to win again, but there's also they're scoring a ton of goals there as well. Um, I like this game to go over the six and a half at minus 105. Washington scores a lot of goals too. They're averaging just about 3.3. Buffalo's averaging just under four goals a game at like 3.91, something like that. Uh, Buffalo's allowing over three goals a game. They've, uh, they've scored four plus in five of their last seven. Washington's on a roll. They've won like, uh, I think it's 10 of their last 12. Ovi has 26 goals already. I mean, he could get the, I mean, probably will get to 50, maybe even threaten 60 this year. Um, they've scored over four and nine of their last 12. So we're going to take the over there and then we're going to take the Capitals. The Capitals are just playing better hockey right now. And I think they're a very good hockey team. Uh, they're playing really, really well under Peter Laviolette. And I, I like those odds at plus 154 for them. So we're going to take the Capitals at plus money on the puck line and then an, an all puck line for the uh, Lightning there at minus two and a half. Is Buffalo the team that was the second quarter over team or second period over team? Toronto. Similar, Toronto. you know, not, not far away from each other, but it was Toronto. Yeah. It was somewhere up there. I was trying yep, to remember. Right, that. Right maybe, next, I thought right maybe that was part of your angle. I'm, wait, I'm waiting. Right across I'm waiting the board. for second period over. We're going to get there. Once football is over, once college football is over, once the NFL is over, that's kind of when I'm going to do my deep dive into, into second period overs or if there's third period overs, first period overs, whatever. We're, we're going to find an angle and we're going to manipulate it. Like tank it. hard for Bedard is the best like tank slogan we've had in a long time. So it's a good one. And hey, it's the Hawks one. are tanking hard. There is no doubt about <laughs> it. It's probably going to get worse. There you go. So we have that. Uh, tennis is under is uh, going on down under. How do we do? How do we do yesterday, noobs, or this morning, awful. or whatever these awful? Not a good. <laughs> well, all my NBA bets lost. All three of of uh, the tennis bets again. We had some big underdogs in there, so I don't feel too bad about losing Tatana Maria plus six hundred yeah. or something like that. But had a lot of CLV on Bon of on. Um, I'm trying to remember Fruver Tova and Kalanina, and not terribly close. So we'll see how it goes. We're back to it. Well, you know, I mean, you take big swings. I mean, she's plus six hundred for a reason. You take a swing and like. Whatever, man. It's it's for entertainment purposes too. And you, you took some swings and they didn't didn't uh didn't work out for you, but we, we get back on we get back on the horse. It's just building look, the players are there building up to the Australian Open right now, and that's what you're doing right now. So we're just we're getting some reps in and that's all that really matters. You know, a weird kind of end of the season with some of these weird tournaments or non tournaments or indoor tournaments and whatever, and you're just gonna find your form. So what are we what are we doing today? I'm not too worried. We're up just a little bit to start, despite the bad start. And again, still go. have two outrights left. I got another handful of underdogs tonight. Uh, we'll start in Australia and Adelaide. Um, 
First up, gave this one out yesterday, so you might already have this. Double check, but Marta Costa plus two fifty against Elena Rybakina. Again, another big underdog that I have as an underdog in this match. Rybakina is really impressive. You remember her from winning Wimbledon last year. Has continued to play a high level despite not playing too much tennis. And these are decent conditions for her game, but they're also great conditions for Kostyuk. She's been down under playing for about a week or so. Qualified for this event is in fantastic form, and I don't think this should be even two to one, let alone plus two fifty. So happy to grab. Kostic again on a match where I think it's going to be pretty competitive. Uh, Zheng Quinyen, you might remember Queen Zheng from last year. Unfortunately, I didn't get to bet on her in the first round. I probably just should have anyway. Um, but love her tonight again. Um, actually, I think this one will be tomorrow night. I'm not quite sure. Uh, yeah, that'll be tomorrow night. So you've got a little time to get that one in. But um, minus 130, and it looks like this one has actually moved out a little bit. Another fade of Victoria Azarenka, as I talked about yesterday. Vika really kind of in the downturn of her career. Was very disappointed in Colony. Just had a bad match, really. Um, you know, lost the match more than Azarenka won it. Um, Azarenka moves forward. Zeng played a really tight first match. Really liked the way that she looked. So happy to play her. I don't see anything minus 140 or better so you still to be able to find that then in new zealand uh this is another bet i talked about yesterday wang jinyu not to be confused with wang jiu i know it's very difficult but you'll figure it out one of them's live no the you're one, wong no you're wong one of them's live so don't bet that one bet the one that's not live wang jinyu again look for the n plus 100 and uh, this has actually gone a little against it you get plus 105 plus 110 happy to fade sophia cannon um, not really sure why the market has so much respect for her. Uh, was a little bit better last year, but has not been close to even what looks like a top 50 player here on tour. Wang, again, one of the younger Chinese women that have really started to get better. I know I was talking about the Czech Republic, but China's starting to really um, produce some nice young players. So we'll see how that goes there. And then Yaseline Bonaventure, we have her as an outright. Happy to take her in this match as well. Kind of double down. Plus 135 against Rebecca Marino. The Canadian perfectly fine tennis player but hasn't been nearly as good as Bonaventure the last couple of months um even last season when I start to look at some of the overall results and bring in some of the matches where Bonaventure is a little hurt sort of working her way back to form so um had this match basically at a pick em. so happy to take Bonaventure plus 135 plus 125 honestly anything plus 115 or better so a pretty decent edge for me here happy to take Bonaventure despite having the outright so uh three underdogs and a short favorite down under I just love, love the amount of plus signs we saw on that graphic there. You know, that's my <laughs> I favorite. try. I try to keep you happy. I know you do. Uh, circling I appreciate back, that. <laughs> circling back to hockey for a second, Patrick with the comment, uh, Chicago has only held the lead after one period in three of its 20 home games and in only five of 37 total games this season. So uh, That's not even mad. That's amazing. What, no, it, honestly, what's, what's, they're, I think, like 824 and, and something right now or seventh, whatever. That uh, It's really bad. They actually started out the season like like they were like 500 through their first eight games. So the like the streak they've gone on since that quick start is miraculously bad. Like it's it's really really bad. They're succeeding in their objective and tank. And Patrick, that's a great nugget. And I will just say, literally whatever strategy you want to bet in terms of fading the Chicago Blackhawks is a good, good one right now. There, yeah. There's not a bad one you can employ right now. They're bad at everything. Everything is good. How many how many games have you been to this season, Matt? I have not been to one yet. Uh, I will try and get to a couple here um, leading up to the trade deadline okay. in case the inevitable possibly happens where Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are traded and play their last game in Chicago. That's something I would uh, – I'd like to see those guys one more time because, you know, they, they great, great dynasty, but I, those guys' contracts are both up at the end of the year. 
and uh, very well might be looking to to move on to to winning pastures, and you can't really blame them for that. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, as a as a as a rental to try to help boost a team to get to a cup, I mean, yeah, you're not going to probably not get a big haul in return for a couple of guys who are on expiring contracts, but. You know, probably Taves, worth a shot. Taves will get you a, 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 maybe a second round pick. He's actually had a pretty decent year. The the hope with Kane is maybe you get a couple contenders to uh to strike up a bit of a bidding war. But yeah, you have kind of held on to him for a little bit too long. And those guys both have full no movement clauses, so they kind of control where they want to go. Not that I don't think either one of them would ever you know pigeonhole the team to to go to one spot. But they would you know if, if it's down to two offers, they would probably pick one spot over another. I guess. Yeah, you would think that if a, an opportunity to go play for a cup comes up, they wouldn't resist that and this is when if you're the the blackhawks gm you start leaking oh well they're having conversations with such and such to try to 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 get a bidding war as you said there it's good for the fans too right you know these guys aren't really going to be here when this next team is going to be playing let's get about just cheer for our guys they can go win a championship somewhere else yeah it's 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 it would be weird to see we'll be weird to see either one of them in different uniform but it's you know it's part of a it's part of being a sports fan, and they, you know, they, they brought us three cups in five years or six years, whatever it was. So I can't can't really uh, can't really complain about anything they they brought to this franchise in this city. Exactly. Now, Dan, it's my understanding that there are multiple football championship games this week. I, I thought there was just the one. There, there are one two. There's one's two next this week. week. Next week. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, we we say this week as in like in a week between now and we fair enough. Okay. On yeah. Tuesday. Uh, when surely Matt and I will probably be back on the show next Tuesday to break down the Georgia TCU game in smaller detail. Um, but there are two; na- there are still two college football national championship games to be played. On on Monday, of course, you have Georgia and TCU in the college football playoff national championship game from beautiful SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. You know, you have all of these great locations. You have Tempe, your Glendale, I guess. You have Atlanta. You have the Arlington area, New Orleans, and all these great college football cities. And then you play the national championship game at a new NFL stadium for whatever reason. But sure, we have that. And then on uh, but on Sunday, as counter-program to the NFL for some reason, uh, the FCS national championship, which is the second division of college football. It goes FBS. It goes FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three. The FCS national championship game is going to be on Sunday, I believe, at 2 p.m. on ABC. I will start there with a pick and not a bet. I will explain why it's just a pick and not a bet in a second. But here's my selling point for this. This is North Dakota State against South Dakota State. This is currently right now the best rivalry in all of FCS football. These are the two best programs at this level of football. North Dakota State has won nine of the last 11 national championships. However, since 2016, they have played South Dakota State nine times, and South Dakota State has won five of those meetings. They're the only team that has come close to being able to play on the same level. Uh, I see Patrick's comment about Carson Wentz. Throwing That's what I was game. laughing about. Um, I saw you laughing. I was trying to figure out what it was. Uh, but North Dakota State, they've won nine of the last 11. South Dakota State has had their number on the field. However, South Dakota State has never won a national championship in these nine games they've played since 2016. Two of them were in the playoffs. Two of them were North Dakota State wins. Uh, North, uh, South Dakota State's coach, John Stigelmeyer, in his 26th year as the head coach at South Dakota State, 35, 35th, excuse me, consecutive year on the staff. He's been he went to he went to school there. Like this is a South Dakota State lifer looking for his first national championship. Uh South Dakota State won the regular season meeting 23-21. It was 21-7 North Dakota State at halftime and South Dakota State came back. South Dakota State is 
awesome. They are loaded. Uh, Mark Ranowski, their quarterback, he got hurt in the national championship game a couple years ago. They lost that spring national title game. He's back. Uh, they have probably the best FC or at least the top FCS draft pick. Uh, Tucker Crafts, a tight end. They have the twin wide receivers, Jaden and Jackson Yankee. And their running back, Isaiah Davis, is an absolute beast. I know North Dakota State, their best player, Hunter Lipke, who's a fullback, is hurt. And that's probably the most North Dakota State thing in the world is that their best player is a fullback. They're down there starting tight end and two offensive linemen. I'm just not betting against this team. I wouldn't bet against this team in this spot. The national title game's in Frisco. It's a neutral site. It's been there every year during this dynasty. 9-0 and there. And, I mean, South Dakota State looked awesome in the semifinal against Montana State. But I'm just not in any kind of interest of betting against North Dakota State in this spot. So if you're looking for action on a game, I would take North Dakota State plus 4.5. Maybe South Dakota State does boat race them, and it's a coronation, and it would be a great moment for them. Just not betting on it. Uh, that to happen. I'm also not going to bet on this game because God bless our friends at FanDuel who before the playoffs started hung North Dakota State, who remember they've won nine of the last 11 national titles. They hung them at 12 to one to win the national championship. So I gladly jumped on that price and I'm not going to hedge. I'm just going to ride it out because I do like South Dakota State. I, I like their program a lot and I hope they do win. But if not, I win some money. And then of course, in the main event, I just think there's going to be scoring in this game. Uh, the two semifinal games were awesome. Uh, TCU's defense, they live on havoc plays, which are tackles for loss, sacks, turnovers. 13 tackles for a loss, four sacks, two pick sixes, and a forced fumble. Remember that one on the goal line against Michigan. They had a lot go their way. Uh, they had, had some costly turnovers themselves, a lot of points there. I don't know how they're going to stop George's offense in this game. Like we, You can talk all you want about Stetson Bennett, but Stetson Bennett is a big-time player. Like Big-time players make big plays in big games, and that's what he does. You can fault for everything, all of his flaws or whatever, but like he's a guy who has stepped up uh, when it matters. And I do think that TCU is going to be able to do some of the things that Ohio State did well against Georgia. Uh, Max Duggan is not as good as C.J. Stroud throwing the ball, but he is a better runner. And C.J. Stroud, for really the first time in his career, made a lot of plays with his legs against Georgia. So Max Duggan can take advantage of that. Uh, Quinton Johnston on the outside is not as good as Marvin Harrison Jr., who's the best receiver in the country. But Quinton Johnston's second or third best receiver Very in the country. Good. That guy is awesome. And they're actually healthier. If Kendry Miller in particular, if his knee is okay, they are healthier than Ohio State is or was by the end of that game at the skill position player. Like by the end of that game, Ohio State was down technically two wide receivers. Um technically down two wide receivers, down their starting tight end. And their best running back in that game, I don't know if you were watching it at the time, but like Chris Fowler body shamed their only good running back in that game. Like Mayan Williams, he was like, yeah, he's carrying a couple of extra biscuits in the midsection because of the injury that he's been like Ron Dane. I was like, why are we body shaming a college kid right now? It's super weird. Nevertheless, uh, TCU's healthier. I don't know if they're better necessarily at the skill position players than Ohio State. So I think we're going to see some points. The line just crazy, like 13 and a half still. That's a ton of points. I could see like a 42-28 kind of game in favor of Georgia. So I just think you take some take the over. The Georgia defense has really only looked great, great. Uh, against Tennessee, which was their biggest game of the season to that point. And it's also entirely possible that we just watched the two best teams in the country play in the Peach Bowl, and TCU is not going to be able to play at that level. But I, I think we're going to see some scoring. I'm hoping for a fun, like competitive back-and-forth game. And unfortunately, my brother, uh, my brother, who is a uh, University of Georgia graduate, is not going to be able to fly to Los Angeles because he has an all-day deposition. He's a lawyer, and he has to do an all-day deposition on Monday. And he told me he's trying to push it up earlier so that he's home in time to watch. The Game Leg Show magazine says, what stuck out to me about TCU versus Michigan was how many speedsters they have. Some of their guys in their offense can fly. I would go as far as to say on both sides of the ball. They've got speed on both sides of the ball. The offense has definitely has some guys. And that 3-3-5, like a lot of people think that the 3-3-5 defense with the three down linemen 
is kind of a gimmicky thing to defend the air raid, but what they do is they just can bring guys from every level of that defense to help out in the run. And D Winters, their star linebacker, was awesome against Michigan. So maybe maybe a little bit of a, a heart overhead bet there because I just want this to be a fun game. But I think it's going to be a fun game, and I and you know maybe won't end up being all that close at the end of the day. But I think we're going to see like a track meet kind of game, and we'll I work. We're very likely going to see Georgia and Stetson Bennett right off into the sunset again. But uh, and uh, Leg Show says Ohio State lost uh, only lost because Harrison Jr. went down. Matt and I we will talk about that in greater detail when we do the Blogger Bowl probably yes, on Thursday this week. I have a lot of thoughts about that game. Uh, and my my only tease for that is I really dislike Ohio State football for a lot of reasons. And after that game, I kind of felt bad for them, which is not a thing I ever thought I would say about Ohio State football. Uh, Ohio State and especially Ryan uh, Ryan Day gained a lot of um, a lot more credit points in, in my book. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Absolutely, um, we'll, we'll get in more more of it on Thursday. But I think that's a good point made about TCU's defense in the three three five. Like I think they talked about on the broadcast too. Like you don't see it very often, and Michigan had a month to prepare for it, and they have the best offensive line in the country. They won the Joe Moore Award for that. They have one of the best rushing attacks in the country, and. That, like, they couldn't really figure it out. They had a tough time figuring it out. So I, I think that it, it's going to be an interesting first quarter, first half to see how Georgia kind of reacts to that too, with less time to prepare for it than Michigan did. But I'll uh, I'll get more into picks and stuff when I'm here on Friday. Got to say something for the for the Friday yeah. three man weave. The, the three man weave on Friday is the way to do it. Uh, Leg show says Heisman can next year unless he goes to the NFL. I'm pretty sure is it Marvin Harrison Jr. A true sophomore. He, can't, he has to come back, yeah. which is so upsetting to, to me back. as a Bears fan because I would like him to be in the draft <laughs> this year so the Bears could take it. Well, you just have to hope that the Bears have like one more mediocre year, Matt, and then they can get Marvin Harrison Jr. And then two years from now, need that or to trade back this year and get a first round pick in next year's draft. It's, you know, top seven. And then you grab Mm -hmm. Harrison. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's the hope. Are you excited, Matt? Are you going to be locked in on the Texans Colts game on Sunday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think the Texans can win that game, too. Like, I do terrible. My Lovey's not going to coach to lose that. My last thing, like, this is my kind of football game. You have the Houston Texans who have to lose to keep the number one overall pick. Uh, although they have played hard most of the year. They kind of laid an egg the other day, but they've played hard mostly for the last few weeks. They're undoubtedly playing a lot better than the Colts have been playing the last few weeks. And this is the Jeff Saturday's last game as the interim coach of the Colts. And that whole thing has been a disaster the way that everyone expected it to be. It'll also be Sam Ellinger against Davis Mills. I'm presuming Mills is going to start. So like, just a, love I love that. Sam Ellinger, but this is a terrible quarterback matchup, terrible coaches, terrible teams with genuine stakes where the better team coming into this game needs to lose it. Like what more could you want out of a stupid football game? I had nothing. It's going to be great. No. I can't wait for it. It's like the Falcons are playing the Bucks. The Bucks clinch the division. They're going to be resting everyone. Like that. Like most of the games are going to like be really uneventful. Like you have a couple. Like obviously, we don't know what's going to be happening with like Cincinnati and Buffalo. Where what what's going to come down to the determination of those teams? And like we obviously have the Titans and the Jaguars game, and then we have the Packers and the Seahawks and all that stuff. But like there's just not a lot going on that's going to be super worthwhile. So so Texans Colts. I hope that's on TV. It's not. If you love a train wreck, you do. Uh, I love train wreck. Leg show asked for college basketball picks. Andy's not on here today, so we do not. But check out his Betsburts profile. He usually, and when he has them, he posts them. And I, I don't remember the last time he didn't post them. So there should be a couple picks on the website or the app. Just pick some double-digit dogs with funny names. 
Yeah, it's just middling to bad basketball. That's teams Andy's that are system. Dogs. That's it. That's Andy's system. Newt's just giving away the farm on Andy's system now. Wow. Andy's not. Andy doesn't hide his system. <laughs> now, it occurred to me today, like uh, him and I, if I go back and look, like I've bet some favorites in the NBA, but Andy and I pretty much only bet stinky teams. Now, guys, nothing did, wrong did with Lipscomb that. Win last night, or did Lipscomb cover? Oh, they most assuredly did not cover. Well, Liberty seventy-seven. So, you know, yeah, it happens. That was yeah, so check out Andy's profile on BetSports if you need any college basketball. But I think that's all we got, gentlemen, for today. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thumbs up, rate, and review. And again, as we start at the top of the show, send all your thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, and good karma to DeMar Hamlin and his family. We'll see you tomorrow.